Welcome to the Unboxable Unstoppable podcast with me, Elena Turley. Hello. <laughs> oh, here we are. Hi. Hello, beautiful Elena. How are you? Good, darling. How are you? So I was going to just have a chat with you about doing this and then I thought, why don't we just do it? How do you feel? Yeah, do it. So I wasn't sure, but I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to wait. (laughs) I have never used my FaceTime thingy on my iPad. I'm not a girl. I only have the iPad. So I was like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) You flower, I love it. Whatever you want to do. I'm here, whatever you need. I reckon let's just have a chat, see where it goes. And and then if we're not feeling it, we'll just do it again another time and and you know what I mean? We'll just see how we go. I can we just see how we go. So I don't yeah. take the flower out of my hair. I was just mucking around. It's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Oh. Maybe I'll leave it there. One or a real one? No, it's not real. It's a it's a Zoom trick. Oh, wow. I knew about the background, so didn't know you can do flowers. Yeah, yeah. cool, eh? So how are you, my love? Um, I'm very good. Thank you. Yes, I am really, really good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah, I'm really glad we've got a three-day weekend. Yeah. I feel like every weekend needs a day in the middle. So then by the time you get to the third day, you're ready to sort of be and do all those things that you want to be on do on weekends. Like three days isn't enough. I I agree. I agree. I know. You need a sacred pause. I just used this word uh, somewhere on my life, and I'm like, yes, we need that. We yeah, need I it. Think so too. We need a break in a week. Totally agree. And I think four day weeks are like living the dream. I just think three to four day weeks are the way to go. Definitely for all of us. I think we all need it. I know kids, especially. I feel yes. like because are you guys in any lockdowns, restrictions, anything? No, how are you going? Tell me what's going on in. First of all, tell me your name and tell me what you do, and then let's get talking about what's happening in your Lovely. life. Lovely, sure. So, so um, yes, yeah, so I'm Kasha Burke, and I do past life readings, unraveling your path, and helping you to remember your greatness. I guess not mm. uncover even not. Well, uncover maybe, not not discover because we are always, but uncover through all these modalities and I perceive everything as energy. So my work, even past lives and stuff, it's all energy. So I do healing stuff through energy. Beautiful. Thank you, Kasha. Am I saying your name correctly, Kasha? Yes, absolutely. You're one of the few rare gems who knows how to pronounce it. (laughs) So I am Elena Turley, founder of the Unboxable Unstoppable podcast and also Soul Mama Hub, which is a place for mums who are ready to level up, fire up, however you want to put it, ready to reinvent themselves, ready to uncover, rediscover aspects of themselves. I also don't say discover, I say rediscover because I feel like we know uh, that, that they may have lost track of a little bit, reconnect inside out, rethink choices day to day and through that regenerate ourselves and the planet. So I'm all about soulful parenting, ethical living 
And uh, I guess the unboxable, unstoppable part is about us being all of who we are, our whole self. So um, you can see why we're talking. <laughs> because there's a little bit of alignment. Yeah. And I did a fantastic session with you a little while ago, which has helped me to bring all of this into the light and actually start to really get it happening. It's been a long time coming and I was just a little bit stuck on that last bit. And you said, I got you. And we spent a couple of hours talking about stuff and, and uh, moving some energy around and it was awesome. So thank you so much for that. And I'm thank totally you, thrilled. No worries. Totally thrilled to have you here with me today so um we're just gonna have a chat i don't have anything planned this is actually i think the best way to do it um whenever we have a chat and also i've surprised you a little bit because we weren't sure we were going to record so i surprised myself as well but i feel like it's a good it's a good day we've got time why not we'll probably have a good conversation anyway so we might as well record it and share it <laughs> yeah, um, i love it inspired conversations are always the best right yes, rather yes. than planned 100 100 so what I was going to ask you is how is it going in Melbourne at the moment? Yes, so we're not really in a lockdown, but we kind of still are. So we, we, we can travel 25Ks, which doesn't really help me because everyone I really want to see is outside of that um, sort of restriction. Um, we can't still visit each other. It's very, yeah, the, I think it's like they've given us a little bit of freedom, but it's still very wishy-washy. And I think a lot of people are not um, are finding a struggling or, uh, to, to come to terms with uh, how they've managed these restrictions, to say yes. the least. It, personally, I'm not too affected, aside from the fact that I can't see family and friends, but... Um, yeah, it, nothing really has changed for me. I can't say that I missed the gym or anything because that has never been a part of my life. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel sorry for like, you know, activities after school sport and, you know, people who do need, you know, that interaction in gym and yeah. Yes. Hopefully not much longer. Yeah. And how's it feeling? Like, what's the vibe like down there? Um. See, Alina, I'm I'm pretty lucky that I am in a in, in that part of <clears throat> pardon me Melbourne where we have the beach mm. and we can go and sort of take in that beautiful energy. Yeah, great. And everyone's very relaxed down here anyway. Um, so I think everyone's just trying to make the best out of it. Um, mm, cafes sure. are open, so that always helps. I think kids are back at school, so, you know, yes. as of tomorrow, really. That's good. Yes. Well, good for some kids. My eldest is excited because she loves high school. My son in primary is not mm. so excited. So yes. um, it's a mixed bag. Yeah. How old are they, your children? My oldest is um, 13 almost oh my gosh she's almost 13 my son is nine and my youngest is three almost four. Oh, you have three i didn't know that. i have That's three give awesome. me a sec sorry it's okay <clears throat> i didn't want to uh, uh it coughs so loudly on your well done on the mute button good job <laughs> oh it's quick it's quick we've had it's funny um I, have, I had to say to everyone, not sick. It's just this 
energetic purging that's happening for me. I'm not sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I relate to that. And yeah, there's a lot of interesting energies flying around at the moment. I'm definitely feeling it. And I am not someone who overtly, as you know, I don't overtly talk about being an energy worker or a light worker or any of those things, but beneath the surface and certainly in my own life, I, I am thinking about those things. I'm experiencing those things. Um, but for me, it's not my sort of directly, like I don't say that that's what I do, but it's definitely a part of what I do. Do you know what? I love that because it's like your hidden superpower and then like people come into your space and you make them feel better and they don't even know how, but you're like, maybe. Well, what I like like to do is give other people ways to do that too. I'm like, you don't have to be, you know, a a shaman, psychic healer to work with energy. Like we all do. We all do. And martial arts is almost an acceptable way to do that. Channel that as well and we definitely do a lot of that it's very interesting and you have very very clear when you're doing say a kick and you do it with engaging your energy and without engaging your energy the result is very clearly different it's actually a really Mm. good way to show how it works and yeah you um, i would imagine you probably have to bring that energy in and be very present like martial arts i would imagine would teach you very much about being present right which is what energy work 100% because you have to be really when we walk on the mats we kind of make a pact about we're going to be 100% aware and present and focused because if we're not we can hurt someone or be hurt you know when we're because we're playing with bodies really so it's like we have to be quite careful so there's a oh, I just realized I've still got the daisy in my hair <laughs> I'm gonna leave it there so, <laughs> so yeah it's an interesting one it's very interesting because um, some people do talk about it some people don't in martial arts some are more vocal and more like open about it and others less so and we don't have to talk about it a lot to know it's happening but there's ways that we one of the principles is there's a principle of water flow so uh, when we do a movement if we tense the arm to punch if you tense your arm when you're punching it's much slower and you use a lot more energy you know if you tense all the way through, in fact, the most effective strikes are when you are relaxed, 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 and you tense right at the end. And that's like, you know, when the water goes into a hose and you see like the water mm. goes like this and then it goes strong. Well, it's that same principle yeah. of energy movement yeah. through the body. It has to be fluid. And then when it's on full power, it goes more terse and tense and it's a lot like the way that water flows in a hose and it's the same with all of our movements if we're really relaxed my students will be like oh she says this all the time (laughs) but yeah but it's a really good one and when you practice it like if you practice throwing your arm from a hip movement it's completely different to pushing your arm into space it's a very different um, half the day and like the little yeah yeah, physics but also when when you think about in terms of energy going right. through your body and how, right, the place and yeah. like this dance of, and, and see, again, even in, in what you do with martial arts, almost, not to say this disrespectfully, but almost you have to be in a playful state as in oh, like yeah. you, when you describe this flow, right, as supposed totally. to be like, oh, yeah, and, you know, mm-hmm. because that's that's exactly what I always say to um my clients who are trying to connect with their guides or strengthen their psyche thing. If you're going to be so dead, sad, serious, I want this to work and I want to receive messages and they have to be this way. 
you're you're coming from the wrong um energy from the wrong place Mm. you have to go into a very playful state you know um childlike almost because then you're open to anything and then anything might come through right there's no resistance it's really interesting you say that um, and I totally agree. So I know that the best people to spar with, to, to do, we, we do fight, but we don't fight to hurt each other. We fight to practice our techniques mm. and we do it with a lot of control. Um, but we go pretty hard. We still put each other to the ground and sometimes there's contact, but we do it in a way that's safe. And uh, it's a lot about trust and communication. And the best people to spar with are the ones that are light and have a smile on their face and are relaxed and having fun. And it's not to say you're not serious and effective, you are, but there's a light, when you bring the lightness, you're much faster, your breathing is different, your energy is different, you move differently, you're more present. There's a lot of um, benefits to being in that state when you're sparring. It's very interesting, even if it's just internal, you know. Do you find, sorry, do you find it that it's easier or you get a better result um, or you find it easier to be present when you don't think about the strategies, moves, analytical, this is my next thing, or you just allow it to flow, yeah. knowing very well that in the back of your mind you still have the rules and stuff, but you don't think. Definitely, yeah. Analytical. So we do we drill <laughs> so that we don't have to think too much. If you're thinking, you're too slow. So it's a little bit like um, the best way it was ever explained to me is it's like improvisation, like jazz. So when you're improvising a musical piece, you have to be, if anything, you're thinking about 12 bars away. You're not thinking about what you're playing now. You're thinking about what's happening in Mm. a minute's time, you know, um, and you're being responsive to what's happening in in the music. So you can't, if you get set on something, it will move on without you or you will move on without it, you know. So it's like it's about actually being a combination of having the skills from the practice from all the drills, to have natural skills that things can just come out of the body naturally um, Mm. and a way of responding strategically and still with intelligence but maybe using somatic intelligence as well as analytical intelligence. So you're not only using it's mental, spiritual, it's holistic because there's a spiritual aspect too which is you have to um, be on the front foot, not just in your balance but also in your attitude. (laughs) You know, if you go into a sparring session afraid and withdrawing, you're not going to do well. You have to be mm. in your power, right? But the other thing that's really interesting, thanks for asking that. The other thing that's really interesting um, that you were just talking about is making space. So the ability, like if you resist something and hold on to something, you've almost filled a space. There's no vacuum mm. to be filled, right? So the last podcast I did, I think it was the last one, I talked about that as well. I talked about mystery and how important it is to allow space for what we don't know and what we don't understand and move out of the analytic. It's sort of a concept I learned from a friend who became a Native American medicine woman. So they have, you know, grandfather, grandmother, so the heavens or the sky, grandmother's the earth, and great mystery, which is everything in between, which is us, which is life, which is... So that's, on, you know, all the, my understanding, my very cursory understanding of it is that that's in all the prayers and rituals that they do, that's acknowledged. Um, and I love that because we don't really allow for it. that so well in our culture. Oh, you should listen to yeah. our last podcast, you'll like it. But um, 
Yeah, I think oh, it's really... this sounds amazing because it allows you to go into that playful state. And when I even say playful, it just means like letting go of the resistance and going into a receiving state. Because that's yes. when you think about children, that's what they are, right? Like yes. they are open and wild. And I actually I did a post about this that a child doesn't wake up thinking what do I need to do that will, you know, bring me closer to my purpose or will make my day more purposeful? They just are and they do things that feel good for them, right? Mm-hmm. But then as we get older, we kind of lose it. But I feel like this in between the grandfather and the grandmother, that, that you know, infinite possibility and it's like this blank canvas. And I feel like a really good way to make good use out of it is to be, you know, wide-eyed curious open not have an agenda not have anything particular that you you know like have intention but not be so set things have to be this way or you know they are this or they are that you know and just be open to receive whatever comes right play yeah. with it yeah. I talk a lot about that too <laughs> it's a concept again that I think we've lost track of a little bit the ability yeah. to allow, to accept and allow. and You allow. would really know a lot about with children as well. Mm, yeah, a little. I'm not so good at play, actually. Like I can do certain types of play, but it's something I'm not naturally good at. I didn't do a lot of it as a kid in a way. Yeah, like but I, I love did. watching your post and it's, it's like your children. You just allow your children to guide, you know, and sort of I lead do. the way. And I, I love think, that. Yeah. One of my key parenting kind of goals, I guess, is to is for them to grow up trusting themselves. So that's mm. definitely so as much as possible, I like to let them choose and decide and determine whatever they can. But uh, it's not always possible, obviously, but, you know, the best that we can. Um, the other thing I was just thinking about, what was that? This is why I have a pen to write notes when you're talking because there's so many cool things when you're talking. No, I love it. I'm just listening and enjoying it. Unfolding, allowing, accepting. I don't know. It might come to me in a minute. Um, So tell me how you came to be doing what you do. I'd love to hear that story. Um, Well, let me see how far I can take this back to make sense of it because (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I was never one to go around telling people I used to do tarot or I used to, you know, my mom used to do tarot or that with this or with that because once I shut it down when I was about 18, I kind of was not maybe embarrassed so much, but it felt like it's not a relevant part any longer of my life. And so the people that have known me throughout my adulthood the last, let's say, 20 years, would probably have not ever guessed that this is something that I'm into, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it would have probably, I can see how it would have been a big sort of surprise. But the people, I have a few friends who have known me longer than the 20 years. And when I came out of the spiritual closet, it was like, oh, yeah, there she is. There is that thing. <laughs> you bring it back to that, right? Because I was, as a child, my my mom had tarot cards. My grandma was doing the pendulum. Tarot cards were in my house. I had my own little deck, and I thought they were a normal thing. Um, 
and at the same time, there was a little bit of stigma, a little bit of a taboo subject around it, which I didn't really understand because my mom and my grandma, they were doing it for each other, maybe for friends if they came over, but I've never, like they never had clients. They never did this outside of the house. <clears throat> and we lived in Poland, which is highly, highly um, Catholic, a Catholic country. And, you know, we had a religion at school and, you know, weekly masses and all that stuff and this was any school not just so I was brought up as a non-strict Catholic um, my parents were very relaxed but my mom always said you know you can't take the cards outside you can't take them anywhere don't bring them to school they're just here so of course as a you know what 10 11 12 year old I took them to school because I was one of those kids who you know, I didn't have many friends because we moved around and and thanks to the cards, it was like my 15 minutes in spotlight and I had friends. So <clears throat> now I thought always um, I'm making things up because things were just coming and I was just talking and, and then girls started coming back, you know, and it was like the usual, you know, boyfriend, does he like me, does he this, this will he kiss me and all that stuff. And then they were coming back, right? And I'm like, oh my God, this came true. Can you tell me more? So I mean, so I was enjoying that period. And then as I grew older, we moved here. I was still doing that. I have a beautiful friend um, who's still my friend. And she was into, um, she's Croatian. And, and her grandma used to read um, tea leaves and coffee leaves. Mm, so she so cool. did as well. So we had like, you know, that in common. And I was reading cards here for friends and, and things again started happening. But for some reason now, a, a, you know, when you are practicing tarot as a professional, you know there are certain barriers you can't say. As a kid who was just doing it for friends, I was saying whatever I was seeing, thinking I'm making it up. So when those bad things started happening, I thought I jinxed people and I shut it down. Oh, and so then like, I don't want to touch yeah. them anymore. Yeah, because too many synchronicity so um so I didn't pick it up till probably was it now almost two years two years I think almost well almost going uh and it wasn't even tarot it was just I I started meditating in 2019 um it was and, and this is another interesting thing um in 2018, we changed our lifestyles and my whole family, like my husband, starting with my husband, we all went plant-based. And I be believe that was my big awakening. Now, I'm not saying everyone has to be plant-based in order to, you know, have a spiritual awakening, but that was what kind of made me started to see things differently. I started, you know, meditating more, um, and in one of the meditations, as I was going deeper and deeper, I was seeing past lives of my husband and and my friend and her children, my children. And it was all making sense. And when I was telling them, it was making sense, like even with my husband. And and he was he was already on his own spiritual journey, meditating. He's a Kriya yogi. So he was doing his own thing but it all made sense it all clicked in and from then on it just went deeper and deeper so as I started doing readings these teeny tiny readings evolved to bigger readings and um and I think a lot of it had to do with having really good mentors who I could check in and I could say oh this popped up oh I saw this blue being I had no idea what they are 
And then she could tell this is a Pleiadian, right? And this is where you are and this is what, what it is. Um, so that helped me a lot. And through that, my readings evolved. But I think, yes, it, it, it took a lot of, I think nothing that I have done in the past has forced me almost to do a lot of healing on myself. Prior to this, aside from, yeah, okay, I could meditate because that will help me to focus because I'm very airy-fairy. I didn't really believe that I needed to heal anything. I thought I was, you know, fine. But when you work with your guides, with spirit, um, yeah, they will push you out there. Oh, I continue. Hang on. That's really interesting, darling. I think um, there's so many things in what you said that is that are really interesting. Can you hear me now? Okay. I can hear you. Right. So, first question I wanted to ask you is: um, Was it only because your mother said, "Oh, you can't take the cards"? Is that why you didn't used to talk about it? What are the reasons when you started telling your story, you said, oh, I didn't used to tell people, you know, the people that have known me for 20 years, they didn't know this side of me. Why was that, that you didn't talk about it? Um, I think it was mostly because it, um, I shut it down and I thought um, that is probably it. We are never touching cards again. My mom also passed away around that time. So I felt like that has mm. finished that chapter. Um, there was, I, I guess, looking back now, there is, there was, there was, there was, there isn't so much anymore, but there was this sort of witch's wound and, and this sort of think like hmm, it, it's not just that I'm embarrassed or you know that it was something that I don't it's no longer part of my life it was more than that and I've learned recently that this is a generational thing it goes back to my great-great-grandmother um, my mom my grandma never openly went out with it because of their own witch's wound right and, and what does that mean witch's wound just in case people witch's don't wound. know Yes, sure, Alina. So um, when, so because I look into people's past lives and I, I can see that a lot of us have, um, we're medicine women, they were witches, they were healers, shamans. And if somewhere in their past life, they were prosecuted for openly practicing this, um, I call it generally a witch's wound, but it could be, you know, shaman or anything, medicine woman. Um, when they were prosecuted, it kind of that imprints on the soul and it stays and the soul might decide in the next lifetime, I'm not going to have anything to do with it. I'm going to choose a different life, um, but it stays there and it's unhealed. And in many ways, it is karma as in how it still tends to pop up somewhere. So maybe in that next lifetime, she chose to be, um, you know, a, a plant woman who just makes things, balms and stuff with plants or a gypsy woman, right? Um, but she still gets prosecuted for that. And it's like a soul is trying to find a way, how can I heal this? And so finally, in let's say this lifetime, um, what I'm able to see is that the reason you may not want to fully embrace your gift fully, right? Like my mom, my grandmother, me, 
the reason you might be too scared to come out of that spiritual closet, the reason you may not feel like you want to be seen, you want to have a successful business, but for some reason, subconsciously, you're too scared to be seen. So you're sabotaging yourself, right? All these different ways, uh, sort of how the witch's wound manifests in your life. Now, our goal is to break that, to heal that karma, right? Um, so to, to, to heal that. Now, you, it's easier said than done because I could just say, you know what, just do it anyway. Just, just embrace your gift, come out of the closet, you'll be okay. But you can't, you feel conflicted. And I can see it through the women that I work with that they're very good at keeping themselves busy, aka they're working on their business, but they're focusing on the things that don't move their business forward because moving their business forward means they're going to be seen. And if they are seen, that witch's wound will be broken open. This so, is so interesting, Kasha. So when I lived in England uh, yeah. not that long ago, I fell into working as a coach and I called it personal branding, but often I was also talking about people moving into visibility and being able to be themselves and be seen as themselves. And I'm still doing that work in another way, right? But it's so interesting. I use very similar language and I know there are others who do as well about the way that we play small or keep ourselves contained. You talked about making a bigger container when we worked together. That really resonated with me. I think there are a lot of ways and it is reinforced in some ways by our culture and our society, you know, the patriarchal kind of systemic um, aspects of our society without getting too political. There are some ways that our, especially in a kind of a, um, again, I don't want to get too political, but in the sort of Anglo-Judaic, you know, um, Judeo-Christian tradition, there's a lot of suppression of the more yin aspects and a lot of valuing of the more yang aspects and by that I mean masculine feminine you know so again the allowing and the receiving is second to the going and getting the active the yang you know the masculine characteristics and I think a lot of us carry that without realizing it that we were brought up you know don't show how you feel just be quiet and suffer in silence you know that's a very kind of um similar kind of principle just hide that part of you don't live in intuition use your analytical mind be logical be rational be you know and those things have a place i'm not saying they don't but for me it's about balance and i think things have become a little out of balance in our culture and i know part of what i like to do is talk about that and really bring it into the light and like you say you know what are these things that are holding us back that we can't see and can we delve a little deeper and can we retrain ourselves to work in a way that is valuing intuition and valuing emotion. And it doesn't mean you're a, you know, crazy, intuitive, emotional person all the time. It means you bring it back into balance. And that means yeah. maybe for a while you have to focus on it and bring it back up because we've lost it, you know. So it's how do we go back into that sort of more feminine way of intuition. And I feel like when we have children, we have an opportunity because our brain does that anyway. Our brain rejigs itself there's a there's a defrag process where we get rid of a lot of the things we don't need in order to be more intuitive and this is scientific it's again it's not a woo-woo thing this is actually our brain changes when we become mothers it's actually up there with adolescence it's one of it's as big a change in the brain it's a lot of people call it matrescence now it's not a lot of people use that word but it's a word that's well, it's becoming, a rite of passage isn't right. it and it's and it's actually a physiological process yeah. 
It's in the bodies, it's in the mind, it's in the spirit. It's one of our holistic changes. And that's why I think I really like working with mums. After they've had children, they come in and they have this opportunity to be a different version of themselves, maybe a more full one, maybe one that values the intuition and the feminine a little more. And I think it's really fantastic to use that, you know, and use it as a way of balancing out the patriarchal things we've learned and the systemic things we've learned as well and to bring the feminine back into our society in a more empowered way, you know. Absolutely. Really I so agree. And it's, it's well, because when you think about it, it's like as a girl you might be shy and not speak up and not voice your thoughts. You don't want to ruffle feathers. And then you become a mum and you have interactions, right, with people, with other parents, maybe with teachers, with kindergarten teachers, you have to stand up for your child, right? And that in itself teaches you, right? It's like an invitation to grow yourself. I actually um, saw this beautiful quote somewhere that as children, we don't realize that growing up, we witness our parents growing up as well, right? They grow up as well. so I think that's really good. And to have someone like you to shine the light on this and, and voice it and, and sort of guide women who maybe, um, you know, because when we have children, I mean, it's this beautiful dance of like, yes, it's an opportunity to grow, to become more, you know, of you. Um, but also nothing like motherhood makes you feel so lost and 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 there's this big moment like who am I right like the the old you is gone it feels like it's like two worlds apart but you can't fully maybe yet envision or embrace the mother you right the the you as the mother uh, archetype right and even what does that mean like I mean what kind of mother do you do I want to be right I mean there's plenty of self-help books to go with that right what kind of mother do I want to be yeah. and it's not even about that right it's just finding you and and being you but see Alina my so where my um work comes in is, is seeing or explaining to people why why you've got for example people in your life who challenge you on your ways of raising kids even right or or becoming the person or making certain decisions why do you have why certain events happened in your life because from my perspective how I worked with the guides and uh, my guides my clients guides what I've learned is that a soul will pick you know people other souls in this lifetime to, to kind of be that springboard, you know, like maybe very challenging parents, maybe parents who, you know, if you're here to learn um, assertiveness or self-love, maybe you'll have parents who don't give you that or who, you know, don't encourage it because you really want to learn it. And, and from a human perspective, we can say, well, they're terrible parents or, you know, this or that. But really from a soul's perspective, these souls were chosen, they're taken on for the team, as I like to say it, right, to help you, to give you these opportunities, right, to challenge you, because if we're not challenged, then we can't grow, we don't realize our growth, I should say. Mm, I relate to that. Yeah, so it's it's just um, another way of kind of realizing what you need to heal, not in terms that you're broken or something's wrong with you right but it's more just 
oh, this happened and it left an imprint somewhere in you. And now this imprint is growing as this huge massive block that's stopping you from maybe embracing life or motherhood the way you really want to, right? So we can shift it. And, and there's scientific you know, evidence, absolutely, right? Because our brain constantly creates new um, neural paths and, and links and, and as we reprogram it, but also it's good to understand why and heal on this um, deeper level, you know, understand why maybe, you know, you, you had such a troubled childhood, but, um, and parents that was this or that, you know, but also learn that, you know, and have this compassion for them. They're on their own journey. It's right? definitely it true like- for me, for sure. When I was mm. able to heal the kind of trapped hurts that I had and become aware of what they were around my own family of origin, I was then able to accept them in a very different way. And I do really strongly believe that when you raise your energy up and you up level, the people around you come with you. You know, they don't even realize, right? But you're bound with the Mm -hmm. silken strings of family. And so as soon as you lift yourself, they come with you. And it's a, that's kind of, a, a mis, again, a mysterious process that I've observed. But also something that I wanted to touch on that you've said is around, you said that you had mentors when you were starting to learn about your own gifts and bring them into your work, that you had mentors and uh, that it also makes you be your best self in a way. Like you had to heal your own stuff in order to do what you do. And I, re- I just wanted to mention that I, I 100% agree with you on that and that there is something incredible that happens when you have that support and the ability to connect with others around something. It's almost an exponential benefit. It's not just that the benefit of connecting with someone. It's like each person that you're in community with, that, you know, if you have a holistic supportive community, you are all held by that and it gives you so much. And um, I think it's the same for women, you know, that when we have this amazing opportunity, as you say, stepping into ourselves as women and as mothers, as always, every opportunity and every challenge, you know, they go together, opportunity and challenge go together you you often Mm. don't gain or grow or heal or unless you are you know in the cauldron you know like you have to be sort of under pressure like the diamonds come from the pressured coal you know it's like it's the only way it's the buddhist idea that that there is always suffering and that real enlightenment can only come from suffering, you know, and it's this same idea. And I, and I feel like we have to go through stuff in order to really grow into who we are. There's no way around it. There's only through it. And yet if we have the support, like I did with you, I got your support or the, so I have others, you know, as well, whose support that I rely on. And with that support, I'm now expanding my reach to be able to help others and be their support. And it sort of flows on and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But it's that thing of I can't do that work unless I do the work on myself. And that's ongoing. It never ends, right? So I, I am now in that state where as my community is growing, I'm more, even more focused on, well, now I have to really, I have to level up even more, even more because I want to be that big enough container for these people to step in with me 
you know, and I want to lead that. And so in order to lead that change, you've got to then really lead your own change as well. And it's like a massive commitment, you know, like you're saying, there's no, you can't, you know, it'll be really obvious to the people in my community if I'm going through something because I'm honest and open and real about it. So it, it really gets me to be honest, be relentless in my commitment to myself which allows me to be relentless in my commitment to those people who I'm bringing together sort of under that banner, you know, and it's a, it's a really powerful thing because there's a willingness and there's an intention and, you know, those things are powerful. Like if you want to make a change, you need that willingness, right? There's nothing without the willingness. So it's interesting how once you get other people in to witness you, and even that could be just a one-on-one thing, you know, when I'm talking to you, then I'm asking you to witness it really changes it. Like you shine a light, someone else's light on your stuff. It transmutes it instantly, doesn't it? Because awareness is transformative in itself. Like the moment you are aware and you say, okay, I need help with this, that in itself is transformative. So there is great courage, I think, in enlisting the help of a community or another person with something like that, you know. Absolutely. Can I just say, I'm watching you speak about this and I can see your aura, Alina. It's just everything. <laughs> when you talk about it, it's like it's expanding. It's this beautiful um, light. And I know you have a beautiful light. And those, I mean, who won't be able to see um, the video, um, let me just describe it. Alina is sitting in her beautiful room. There's light shining in, but her aura is just this beautiful glowing. And every time when you speak and I can see that you get excited, it's like your aura is growing and expanding. And this is, this is the energy that you were talking about that pulls everyone up. But it also polarizes people. Oh, yes. Oh, now this is interesting. Okay, tell me about that. And it will polarize the people who are very um, uh, specifically set on uh, the um, human way, right? So they, they witness your growth and they feel like you're leaving them behind because they're not growing. But what they're not realizing is if they actually are with you, supporting you, right stay with you in your space they will be pulled up as well but because they're so stuck in their humanness as in all I can see is Alina is moving on she's full she's growing she's expanding she's doing this now she doesn't have time for me anymore blah 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 they're so stuck in it that they then start to move away right all of a sudden they get triggered by you so they're moving out of your energy this is what I always say in like when, when, whenever there's group energy healing happening, it is actually more powerful than a one-on-one session because in a group setting, even if one person has a breakthrough and their energy rises, everyone tailgates on, off, off, off that energy. And it's not like we're depleting that person, but that's how powerful energy is, that it basically makes a copy for everyone else it's like you know a document you know and you wrote a poem and we're loving it you can just create copies for us right and we can all go home and enjoy this beautiful poem that's how energy works I love that it's infinite yes but it's infinite but for people who are very much stuck in their humanness and all they see is just you growing you're on your personal journey this is affecting me because I'm still stuck here you you no longer have time for me blah 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 
they're missing the point. They're missing being swept up in that beautiful energy and rising as well. Right. This is so interesting. You mentioned this. So I also have my supports. I'm, I'm involved in learning with a few different people and um, one of them talks, well, actually a few of them, I've heard this quite a bit recently that that polarizing is, is important. And the reason it's important is that attracting the people that are your people and that are want to come with you on that train, you know, um, is just as important as repelling the ones that are not your people and don't want to come with you. And I kind of love that because, I mean, it's definitely something I've struggled with in the past is, you know, needing to be liked by everybody and wanting to be accepted by everybody and feeling like it's a personal problem or issue if I'm not, you know, if someone doesn't like me or if someone doesn't want to do what I want to do or whatever, taking that very personally. And um, that's really a reflection of, of hurt and, you know, feelings of rejection I had from a long time ago in my life. And now that I kind of know that, I'm actually starting to embrace it. And I actually, again, like you say, I want to be in these groups that are full of people who are willing to come with me. Mm. I'm backing myself now. So I'm understanding that, that when we actually believe in what we're doing, and backing ourselves for what we're doing, which, you know, that's hard one. That doesn't always come straight away, right? But when you happen upon that after years of sort of doing the work, you know, and continuing to do the work, then you go, okay, I've got this thing and actually, you know what, it's really cool. And I want people to come with me because I know it's really cool and I want to share it. And I know that other people can benefit from this. And that's the, you know, what you were talking about. I get really excited about that because I really believe it. And I'm seeing that it's true as well. You know, I'm seeing it in the people that are doing this stuff with me in my membership or in the blog or online, you know, just social relationships. It's beautiful. And we sort of become this exciting, just like there's an echo chamber on social media for crappy stuff. There can also be an echo chamber for really cool stuff, you know, that you can help each other kind of amplify. And that's what I've been experiencing. And I'm starting to deliberately do um, posts on social media, for example, or podcasts where I'm aware that some people are not going to like what I'm saying. You know, some people are going to disagree. They're going to actively not like it. There's definitely going to be people in my life who think, who is, what's she doing? Like, who is she, who does she think she is? And honestly, I don't care. I actually don't because this, this genuinely isn't about me. Like this is genuinely about something way more important than me, which is to do with other people. It's to do with being in service of a, an idea that can help a lot of people change their lives, you know, and that's super exciting. Like that to me, that's super exciting. So why wouldn't I do that, you know? And so a lot yeah. of that's actually about getting out of your own way. It's, it's not about me. It's about me getting out of the way and letting this train kind of go full steam ahead, you know, and just being able to... Um, I guess, partner up with those energies and the learning and all the various things we bring, you know, and share it and facilitate and do that thing where, you know, okay, I'll do the work and you can do the work with me and let's all do it together. And, oh, my gosh, together we'll, we'll do it three times better because we do it better when we do it together, you know. So that's why yes. I'm running a membership because I think that's true. So it's a really, I think I really agree with what you're saying and it's very powerful, the polarising thing to be able to say, it's okay if you don't like it. In fact, it's more than okay. You can go. Like, there's the door. No worries. See you later. All the rest. No hard feelings, right? Yeah. And and there genuinely isn't. I mean, I won't take any offensive, abusive behaviour. Like, that's a different thing. 
But definitely, if this is not for you, please, I welcome you to listen to a different podcast. No problem. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that's actually really cool and, and um, kind of a new experience actually for me. So I don't know if you felt that before either. But It just shows the growth that we have done. Because for me, it's very much the same, right? Like I had the fear of rejection, um, you know, not being good enough. Um, and there's nothing like working with something so not tangible like spirit and energies <laughs> to kind of really crank it up and make people go like, okay, she's lost the plot, right? But when this is the thing and this is what I always say to people who have a beautiful gift and I may have said it even to you like you have to go out with this you cannot you cannot hold back you cannot keep yourself small because it's almost selfish to do that because it's not about you it's yes your ego might get bruised if you get a trolley yes you know your your, your heart will break when someone that was with you for years will leave right that's heartbreaking but the thing is you will also the you know, as people leave, room is created for people who need this, people who, who are a receptive audience, right, who, who will then take this knowledge, take your teachings, take your healing, and, and the ripple effect will just be carried out. And, and I always say from a human perspective, yes, this whole polarization is hard. And even if you feel like I'm appealed, I'm good with this, it still hurts a little bit if let's say a friend a family member that you used to get along with you know all of a sudden you don't right and they're moving away or you know there's that separation but the thing is from a soul's perspective a soul will choose another soul to travel together for a little bit because they help each other and then when that job is done it's very normal for that soul to go off and do something else somewhere else create their own experience and you to go right because, you know, you'll see each other at some point somewhere anyway, right? For us humans, a lot of it has to do with ego. We attach meaning to things like they're leaving. They must think I'm not that good, right? Or maybe they didn't like the podcast or maybe I shouldn't have said this. And we attach meaning because it's a survival instinct. Our brain will make us think that, you know, you have to keep it small, Stay within your pattern, within your habit. Don't break out. Don't come out of the closet. Don't say this because you will ruffle feathers. And then we're on to uncharted territories and God knows what will happen there. So if we stay small and we stay within our pattern, we're safe. But we're so small and we're not serving. That's just a survival mechanism, right? So we have to kind of like, uh, you know, tend to our human brain and say, it's okay, I've got this, it's all right, right? And this is why meditation, visualization, journal, journaling helps. That's to keep your mind happy, to get it on board. And then you can do the other stuff, you know, the healing, the, the things that your brain wants to interfere and, and go, mm, don't do that, right? Yes, that feels yes. scary. Yeah, <laughs> so true. It's interesting. I, I remember we moved overseas and, <clears throat> excuse me, when I when we went, I had to make a decision, you know, um, who am I going to stay in touch with? And what really was interesting was I made this choice that my love for people in my life didn't change in any way. Mm. But, you know, there's that idea that we are the sum of the, you know, five people we spend the most time with, right? Mm. I don't know where it came from. I've heard it a few times in different yeah. ways. And so we do need to curate 
we really need to curate our lives and our systems and support people and our social life and our, you know, to some extent our families, if necessary. I mean, I really believe in unconditional love in families. I do, but within reason, right? Um, obviously, that's not always possible. Sometimes you can laugh them and have a distance, right? You know, for your own, unplanned. for your own well-being, exactly. And so, I think it's really interesting that the people that I used to really pursue socially, and I would ring them, and I would organise social events, and I would organise weekends away, and I don't do that so much anymore. And it would be easy for them to think, oh, she doesn't love me, or she doesn't care about me, or she's moved on. That's not true. I absolutely adore them. Will always adore them. But I no longer will participate by choice in uneven friendships. I will no longer be involved in the kind of friendships where I feel like I'm pursuing and it's out of balance, you know, like, and that's just a choice that I made. Like as I kind of grew and as you become a mother, your energy becomes a little more, I think, precious. Sacred sacred and you don't have as much to give to people outside of your children right so you naturally have to be more choosy and curate who those people are are they nourishing you you know so there's that big thing about do these people nourish me do my daily habits nourish me do i am i nourishing myself you know that sort of conservation of your energy which is very important practical aspect of i think being a mom but it's a really hard thing to do you know if you're in a group of people or you're stuck in some old circles or you know it takes a lot of courage to to step out of that I think and that's not so easy again to do on your own always you know like that can be very brave to take that leap away from the comfort of things you've known a long time or people you've known a long time or the role you have with those people you know and playing another role that's a big leap, isn't it? It's a big leap. Well, you're, you're breaking unknown. a pattern. Mm. Oh, yeah. sorry. You're breaking, you're breaking a pattern for yourself and you're breaking a pattern for them, right? If you were, <clears throat> if you were um, always the one in a fr- in, in, with your friends who was organising, giving, doing, and then all of a sudden that stops, their pattern is interrupted. It's like, what has happened? She must not like us, right? For you, it hasn't been interrupted because you decided I'm going to do things differently. And like you said, you don't have any less love for for them. It's just a different pattern. But those kind of things on a human level, that other side might perceive as she's moving away. She doesn't no longer care. Attaching meanings as opposed to seeing it as an invitation for growth for themselves because all of a sudden, they are being called in to initiate things, to organize things, to maybe, um, you know, show their love and care for you, right? And, and kind of step into that role. And that's what I mean. People will either come with your energy, regardless of, or they will fall away because of the human attaching of the of meanings you know to things right that we do and and it and this happens in such a subtle way that you know like we can talk about this and 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 you know for some people it might connect the dots but in your daily life it is hard to perceive it 
but I know this, like even like the people that I mentor and you probably have this as well, that because we're not inside their forest, we're sitting outside, we can see it. We can go like, hey, you are in the forest. You just can see because there's all the trees, but I can show you how to get out, right? You can see it. So you can help them. You are in that situation. This is what's happening, right? And I can guide you out as opposed to, you know, being in it. And 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 so, yeah, I absolutely agree. You need... um to surround yourself with people that um, are vibing on the same level as you, you know, vibing like, you know, want the same things, have the same core values, maybe um, same goals, you know, there's similar energies and, and, and yet at the same time, you need a receptive audience of people who are a few steps behind you, um, who, who are trying to get to where you are and, and they will be, the ones that will show you possibly how much you have, how much you know, how much you have grown. But also you have this other audience who will be like, you know what, well done, we're supporting you, we're here for you, right? Mm. And there's a put, put simply as well, I feel like it's like a love slash fear thing, you know, like when you decide, okay, my frequency change, you know, like I'm, I'm going to go for, I think I heard some, I don't know, where this came from some one of those courses I did years ago which was about using the energy of love in things it sounds very woo-woo but she talked about the frequency of love and she gave it a number she was like love is everything above and it was something like 545 or something yeah you know yeah. there was a you yeah. know about I think this. it's like 600 or right. 700 yes and I kind of like that like I don't know if I can think about it that way really if I can fully believe it I don't know I'm kind of like I don't like like I've told you, I don't, I don't want to necessarily tie everything down to formulas, but but I like the idea that there are levels of our existence in a way and that we move up and down all the time according to our choices, our energy, you know, where we're at with something and it's constantly shifting, right? And uh, I do feel like sometimes we can make decisions based on fear, which is a kind of a lower, you know, a lower frequency. It's one that we feel weighty, you know, we feel heavy, less alive, less invigorated. And then we can make decisions based on our highest values and, and on love or, or service, you know, as we were talking about. And it feels lighter. It feels more expansive, you know. So if we can train ourselves to sense those feelings and go, at, where am I making this decision from? I actually used to feel it in the body. I used to feel... Uh, energy moving around my body maybe it's a martial arts thing as well like I could feel parts of the body would be where certain feeling was resting or you know like we get tension in the neck or we get tension in the stomach it's a very um, like Chinese medicine talks about this too where we hold you know I know the womb holds grief um, yeah you know or the lungs also hold grief stomach anxiety there's parts of our body that become the home of certain emotions and yes, it's important. energy stays there. Right, and it's important to understand where we have trapped energy and when we are making decisions from that place, you know. And the more we can become aware, again, the more transformative that is, being able to understand where our decisions are coming from and where our energy is resting in the body and what we're focused on, whether consciously or unconsciously, you know, that's quite powerful. And that's why I really like to talk a lot about, like you, about doing things that take care of the mind so that we can feel into other things, you know? Yes. 
it's quite yeah. powerful well because energy it's like you said some people think mm, it's woo because we can't see it but it's very much what you said alina about energy being trapped in certain parts mm. of the body um and and obviously if we leave it there for too long it starts yeah. manifesting in a physical through illnesses you know your immune system is down but even before that it's interesting because i this is how i always explain your 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 memories your emotions thoughts it's nothing but energy it's just energy it's not a real thing we just indulge in it so much that it becomes a reality we feel like you know um and this is how you know you judge people right like you you assume she thought this because her facial expression it was this right where actually she wasn't at all right even aware that she's making a facial expression yes. <laughs> but our human our mind will trick us like that and 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 then you walk away and you think about this conversation for the whole day and you think oh my god I shouldn't have said this and maybe that's why she's like that now and blah 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 blah, blah. and it becomes this big huge thing it becomes your reality and this is just a small example but it can you know just how problems start and frictions right and 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 miscommunication because you know but also I see it a lot with women who are self-sacrificing and putting everyone else's needs before their own and I'm like what you're doing is you're storing this energy inside because when you know it with energy in general right whether it's during a growth period whether it's when you're healing something or post-trauma energy will either be pushed out and stay in your body or you will be someone who will put it out there, spray it and share it. So it can come out in anger, you know, violence and all that stuff, gossiping, you know, talking bad about someone because they're trying to release this energy. Or you will see the beast and go like, okay, this is what's happening. So I just have to work out or, or, or learn how to move this energy, how to move these blocks, move these thoughts, you know, and, and, and learn how to get it through my body and out, not yes. in a way that will affect others. Yes. But not, you know, and this is what a lot of, you know, like Reiki healing, all those energy healings, they basically release these negative blocks, you know, this energy that's trapped somewhere in the body and it goes basically, we just release it into the ground, right? So it goes into the ground, gets recycled, you are nourished with new energy, whether it's cosmic energy, whether it's earth energy, whether it's healing energy. We're releasing that though, and we're replenishing your body. This is why, like often when I talk about upgrades and activations, and I wonder how much people actually understand because the ter these terms have become quite um, trendy at the moment. But really, it's it's recognized that even going outside. This is why going outside. What, going for a walk is so nourishing because you're receiving light and light penetrates and light is quite healing to your energetic body and when you can heal your aura when you can fix your aura your your energetic body you become more um resilient to these negative energies right negative energies from other people who are, you know, you may come in contact with someone who's going through something is angry and that energy gets stuck to you, not because they sent it your way, but because you know, it happens unintentionally because especially as an empath, you have little tentacles on your aura, right? So it's, it's understanding how to move it. And, and so many times, um, again, coming back to, to my clients who are, you know, self-sacrificing, they're not moving this energy. They just 
going, well, it's much easier to just not say anything, bottle it up, store it. And yes, you are right. We store it in the womb the most, right? Whether you're a man, woman, you know, it doesn't matter whether you have a physical womb or not. It's that womb space where it's like that cluttered room in the house where everything gets stored. Yeah, it was once explained to me as like a pancake. Like so when somebody has an energy, it was a great... I've had so many different teachers in my life. I'm incredibly blessed. And one, one of them is a random woman. I don't even remember how I met her, why we ended up having a conversation. She came to my house. She taught me all this stuff about energy. It was amazing. And one, she talked about it as pancakes. People have these feelings and they pancake and pancake. And unless you clear it, you just end up becoming this kind of massive pancakes, you know, people's, other people's energy. But they also attract more the same because like attracts like. So if you get pancaked with a lot of crappy pancakes, then you get more crappy pancakes, you know. It was a really I good way that. to explain it, like to visualise it. And she talked about, you I know, love that analogy. it's great. And then she talked about ways you can dissipate that by imagining waterfalls around you, all sorts of little tricks, energy tricks, you know, um, which I forget all the time. But I think it's a really, a really good way to think about it. And um, I kind of know what you mean. I think I was just thinking about when you're talking about stored in the body, I do remember, and I think I've told this story before, I'm sorry if I have, that uh, when I was first training martial arts early on in my training, we did this really heavy stretching session. And I remember feeling kind of weird when we stretch. It's one part of my body that's quite inflexible when you do like your legs that way, sort of like sitting on the ground and your legs go that way. It's quite a hard stretch for me. And um, there were these muscles like quite up near the groin, top of the inner thigh that I could feel were stretching in a way I'd never stretched them before. And then that afternoon I had a memory and I was in my 20s. So it doesn't make any sense really because cells are supposed to recreate every seven years. You know, we're supposed to be entirely new every seven years, right? But it was fascinating. I had a memory that predated any memory I'd had before and I could date it because my father was living with us and he left when I was a certain age quite young and I remember mm. walking into a room he was sitting at his desk so I had this memory of walking into his study and his study wasn't there after I was I don't know whatever age I was that my first memory had been prior to that and it was just I was really surprised I was like I've never had this memory before I remember everything about it I remembered the sun coming in the window he turned to face me you know like it was a really like a trapped moment and it had been in the muscle like I definitely had hidden it from myself until I stretched and I thought that was amazing like that was my experience and I think a lot of the stuff we're talking about it's experiential like we could talk all day but this is experiential stuff this is stuff that unless you participate in joining with you or joining with me or doing these things that we're talking about you don't experience you know so it's it's a lot about it's, allowing. It's always hard experience. to explain. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because it's, it's hard. You have to experience it. It right. is. I know what you mean. And this is why, like, um, this is actually how I feel about, you know, people who want me to pass on messages from their guides or anything, right? Like spiritual yeah. stuff. Because I always go, like, you can do that. Like, yeah. you actually have the power. I don't want you to feel disempowered. Like, I'm this special unicorn who can do it. Because and, and actually, if you tune in, and I understand not everyone has to design, not everyone has to time, right? Not everyone, you know, wants to learn how to do it. But they're, you know, people who want to, but they don't think that they can, that they're able to. And, and 
part of this empowering of others is that I, you know, like when I show them, well, you can connect. And when you receive a message, it's a whole body experience. I can tell you a pass up, but you can also experience it for yourself and see it. You know, feel the beatings, feel the water, maybe, you know, see it, hear it. Like when you receive it, it is powerful. And that is what is healing even more so. You know, it's that whole body experience um, without getting too hung up, whether you have these clairs or those clairs or whether, you know, you will see spirit or not see spirit. But it's just when you when you can connect with your guides, with your spirit team, with angels, whoever you are inclined to, you know, work with, when you have that experience, it is healing in itself, just healing in itself, right? Because, um, and, and like you said, Alina, you will feel a memory pop up suddenly that was trapped somewhere in your body, right? And it mm. just came out. And often we see this in chakra healing, like, you know, when we go through the chakras and heal. So I can tune in and I can go like, oh, this looks a bit murky. That one's not spinning. There's some energy trapped there. I feel like you have this block, that block. But when I take someone through a healing and and we work on their chakras, I go like, tune in, like just relax and just allow things to bubble up. So you might have experiences, you might have memories pop up, you might have a feeling, right? And that's all to do with the energy that's trapped in these chakras. But we often don't think that, right? Like you were very self-aware to kind of put these two together, that there must have been this memory stored in there. Not everyone knows. And they might just go, like, oh, I wonder where this memory just popped up. Ooh, that's funny. Off we go, you know, carry on. And don't make too much out of it. But it, it's important. These things are important. We don't think that these little bits and pieces are important, but they're so important. Mm, you're kind they're of talking about making connections, like we're making connections yeah. internally and externally and it's very powerful. And I feel like we could talk all day, Kasha. I, I love it. I love talking to you. I feel like we need to wrap it up because we really will talk all day if we don't. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I wanted to say, is there anything else you wanted to share before we wrap it up? No, this has been such a pleasure. Um, yeah. I don't know what else. I feel like, uh, yeah, I could sit here and talk with you and <laughs> we're just bouncing off each other. And it was like, oh, yes, I don't you know. Yeah. And I just, uh, it's been such a bliss and so nourishing and I love how this actually happened in the end um <laughs> I just want to say thank you thank you for having me on here I I feel um so blessed to have started my Monday with you and this beautiful chat it's, it's a very mutual thing. feeling Kasha thank you too darling so um I also wanted to say thank you so much for your time and it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here and the Unboxable Unstoppable podcast and my membership are all the better for knowing who you are. So thank you for being so honest and sharing, darling. I really appreciate it. Thank you, thank Alina. You.